We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Monday, January 8th, and we're here with a little impromptu noon lunch hour live stream. Glad to be with you as always. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It's officially bye week, Sarah, so here we are. Ravens are going to be able to chill. They're not going to internally, of course, but I guess we get to, or at least parts of the fan base get to, as they prepare for their divisional round playoff game the weekend of January 20th. They'll either play on Saturday or Sunday, and the reason why we wanted to call this is because the AFC playoff picture is set. Here you have it, Ravens atop, Bills at two. Man, they jumped. We'll get to that in a bit. The massive jump that the Buffalo Bills took in recent weeks to secure that number two overall seed in the AFC playoff picture. Kansas City, an unfamiliar slot for the Kansas City Chiefs at three. The Houston Texans will be four led by first-year head coach D'Amico Ryans and rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud, perhaps the probably back-to-back candidates, right? They'll end up getting coach of the year and, and rookie of the year, respectively, you would think. Cleveland is five, Miami is six, and Pittsburgh is seven. So, partner, your first thoughts on the way this thing looks and how it shapes up for the Ravens. Yeah, so I feel like there was a good chance over the weekend and really – week 17 also to get a look at all these playoff teams. And my feeling is that, you know, you respect everyone. These are grown men. These are professionals. They're in the playoffs. You respect them all, but the Ravens and I certainly don't fear any of them. I feel like looking at this group, if the Ravens bring their a game, which, Hey, you never know. This is not the NBA where you get, you know, best out of five games, then best out of seven games, and then usually the best will will conquer overall. That's why it's called any given Sunday. So you never know. But in my view, if the Ravens bring their A game, it's the Ravens who are easily the scariest team of this bunch. Easily. Um, watching the Bills and, and uh, Josh Allen, who I respect greatly. He's a great quarterback. But the turnovers that he had, if the Dolphins could have, you know, taken advantage of that, that could have been a different game. They were just too beat up and Tyreek Hill, uh, you know, missing catches as he did against the Ravens. Um, Steelers, I just don't, you know, they're the Steelers. You can't ever count them out, but they're just not a scary team on offense. 
Uh, Texans make it through. The Jaguars choke. <laughs> you know, just crazy. So to me, you know, it's uh, it's the Ravens. It's the Ravens conference to lose. To me, they're easily the favorites. To me, they're easily the best roster. They got a lot of mojo going on. And so, again, respect everybody. But to me, the Ravens are the scariest, especially if they bring their A game. I like what Carla had to say here in the live chat. I agree with Sarah. No fear, a challenge, but no fear. Of course, there's going to be absolutely a challenge. And among the teams that the Ravens could face, there are four of them. Texans, Browns, Dolphins, or Steelers in the divisional round. Those four right there. And as our guy Ken McCusick compiled, here you have the probabilities Four possible divisional round opponents. The likelihood, the probabilities from money lines. Miami leads the pack at 30.1%. Cleveland, 28.1%, just a tick below. Houston, 21.6%. And Pittsburgh, 20.2%. So I guess the question for the live chat is, who would you want to face? Who would you not want to face? Anybody sticks out to you? What about Joe Flacco, Sarah? Where are you at with that? Yeah, so I feel like if I were to rank, again, you fear nobody. I feel like the Ravens, if they if the Ravens bring their A game, they can beat any of these teams. That being said, you look at matchups and that kind of stuff. To me, it, like if I put like the matchup that might be best for the Ravens, I'd probably put Houston followed by Miami. It just feels like Miami's too beat up. Um, it just feels like they haven't been able to do much against teams above 500, especially on the road for them to come back to to M&T Bank Stadium. I don't know that the Ravens would put up another 56 spot, but I feel like, you know, they would be the next best matchup. And then I'd put Pittsburgh and then I'd put Cleveland. And I do that not because I feel like Pittsburgh is more talented than either Houston or Miami, but it just comes down to division rivals. I mean, it's what you always say. It's like you throw out the records, you know, each other's, um, you know, each other's strengths and weaknesses and then Cleveland, I feel like, what do we always say in the playoffs? You pack your defense. I feel like Cleveland has the best defense out of everybody, especially now that Pittsburgh has lost T.J. Watt. We'll get more into that down the road of what his specific uh, injury situation is. But so, so heck, so so if you want to be like, okay, who's the best matchup? You'd be like, okay, I kind of hope the Ravens face Houston or Miami. But Bobby, if you're talking about, if you want to, if you want to talk about ego. <laughs> <laughs> I want. I would love to see Pittsburgh and then Cleveland. Bobby, the Steelers. Okay, let's just let's just look at their locker room celebration after they beat Tyler Huntley and yes, some starters. But I mean, come on, OBJ, Zay Flowers, uh, Roquan Smith, Hamilton, Lamar, none <laughs> of them. And and listen, I also don't want to say that the Steelers can't celebrate. They needed that win in order to get into the playoffs, and then the rest worked out, and they're in the playoffs. If that were the Ravens, we'd all be celebrating too. But my goodness, the way they did in the, cello- in the, in the locker room. So you get the idea. The ego side says, you know what? Ravens would like to play with all their stars. Let's let's see what happens in the trap, right? And then <laughs> Cleveland was the la- one of the last ones to beat the Ravens. So from the ego side, it's like, let's go. Let's let's take these guys. 
But then the more practical side is like, well, division rivals probably would give you the best matchup. So I'd be happy with any of these matchups, quite frankly. Hey, that looked like a lot of fun in there. That <laughs> <laughs> looked like a lot of fun in there. You're right, though. It is funny to, hey, they 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 did what they had to do, and then they got the help that they needed the day prior, or the day following, I should say. So yeah. I don't know, just to look at this list once more so I have it in front of me. It's really hard to beat a team three times within one not calendar year, but within one season. So I think I, I would most likely, even though it is the division, even though it is the rivalry and everything that comes with Pittsburgh, Baltimore, I think I'd want the Raven. If I'm a Ravens fan, I want them to match up first things first in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. I least want Cleveland for, for reasons that I've cited in the past. And, and I think you just talked about the defense a little bit. And obviously we know what Joe is about in, in January, even though he's, he's much older than he was when he made his his last run that month. The Miami thing, side of things is is interesting because you're right. They have been extremely disappointing down the stretch. How about Tyreek, man? He he had some key drops last night that could have went the other way. Absolutely. If he hauls those in, that game goes the other way. And so uh, I know that I – what's that? Well, no, I was just going to say, uh, to me, the MVP conversation, it's been over, right, since that Miami game. But I was like, oh, you know what, though? Like – you know, because we're talking about so much of statistics versus the the film, right? And and because we're so locked in at the Ravens, we don't get to watch the other games as much. And so it's hard to talk about what they do. But when I've seen these guys up close from Brock Purdy to Tyreek Hill against the Ravens or Tyreek Hill in, in that game against the Bills when they really needed that win or when you watch Josh Allen and like and and you want to give them all credit cuz they are phenomenal athletes but it's like they were on the biggest stages when their teams needed it most and like they were all kind of faltering now Josh Allen to his credit in the end he came through he came through in that second half but he put his team in a bad position in the first place and people use that against Lamar like Lamar doesn't need to have all these comebacks right like he did have the one but he doesn't need to have them because he he's he's playing a, a complete game and so, anyway, I, I, I cut you off. I, I apologize. But it was just like, I, I finally I get to see these MVP candidates, and I'm like, oh, it's not even close. It's not yeah. even close when you actually watch Lamar versus what these guys have done, at least down the stretch when I've seen them. Yeah, no question. I, it's funny. I think I made a comment after the Miami game or within the last week or so that if the Ravens were to turn around and see them after the stomping they put on them, you know, a couple weeks later in the divisional round, that would have that would give me some pause. But after what I've seen, knowing what they're dealing with injury-wise mm-hmm. and just the way that they've completely plummeted down the stretch, I, that's why I think you'd rather see I, – I, I think you'd, you'd rather see Pittsburgh. We'll have some news on T.J. Watt coming up later on in the show. He could potentially be unavailable for divisional round weekend based on the news related to him. So we'll get to that in just a bit. But But, yeah. That's that's the way I'm looking at, and then you know it's funny for the, the you pulled this in Kevin Adams, barstool <laughs> Steelers guy. Uh, he's funny Pittsburgh Steelers. This is this is pretty wild though. The fact they went five and one in division yeah, in the AFC North, and and he says yeah. keep keep running your mouth about who owns the division. Numbers don't <laughs> lie. Steelers on top. Look, this guy's in denial. Not about the the numbers in the sense that yeah, it's undeniable the division um, record. But let's. You want to dig into the real numbers? Yeah. Because they have been really ugly in Pittsburgh. So much so they had to do their first friggin' in-season coordinator change. And how long? Brooke said. Brooke Pryor said it was like 
decades and decades since the last time they had done that in Pittsburgh. That's how brutal it was. Right, right. <laughs> Which is why I said the ego side of me like would like to have um, Steelers in the divisional round and then the Browns in, in the AFC championship, like the ego side of me wants that, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter in the end though, Bobby, like realistically, are we going to like, are the Steelers going to get past the bills? Steelers I mean, aren't going to get past one round. I, I have a, like to me, that's yeah, no like way. one and done written all over it. And Hey, you know what? They proved us wrong all year. So we'll see. So I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't mind seeing them. And then this Dolphins-Chiefs game, I just don't know how I can see the Dolphins going into Kansas City, into Arrowhead, and pulling that off with the way they've been playing. Now, the game to me that'll be fun to watch is that Browns-Texans game. That's a rematch. Browns bully, uh, barely edged them out the last time they met. Oh, that yeah. to me is going to be an interesting game. But to me, if I had to pick them, it's Bills over Steelers, KC over Dolphins, and you know, kind of 50-50 with Browns-Texans. Eh, maybe I'd give the Browns the edge. They call it Super Wild Card Weekend for a reason. It's going to be insane. We'll get to what the Ravens' big historic feat that they accomplished now that the regular season is complete in just a second. But before we do, wanted to let you know that one of our newest patron members is Darian Covington. Appreciate you, Darian. Shout out the $4.99 tier uh, supporting us. We appreciate you. Patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast if you're interested in supporting the channel. All of that goes towards the betterment of what we're building. So appreciate you, Darian, and happy new year to you and yours. All right, the Triple Crown. You had heard about it, potential chances of this coming to be, and here we go. The first team in NFL history to lead in all categories, sacks, points per game, takeaways. Those are the three categories that the Ravens finished this season leading league-wide. 60 sacks first. 16.5 points per game allowed first and 31 takeaways first. Is that a T first right there? Okay. That's a tied first for tech for takeaways, but still in the second year as an NFL defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald's defense does something that no other group has ever done. (laughs) With guys, Bobby, with guys that in the, in the, during training camp and preseason, the biggest concern was was the outside linebackers group <laughs> like like he's just like Jadavian Clowney and Van Noy who both had career highs this year just drinking from the fountain of youth with the help of Mike McDonald and Justin Matabike playing out of his mind up the middle and then you know corner corner blitzes and safety blitzes and disguises and all that kind of stuff what's crazy is he doesn't even blitz that much he may show it he's more he's more deceptive than he is just like wink all out blitzing so to be number one in sacks if you had told the ravens fan base that the ravens would be number one in sacks around the preseason or week one nobody would have believed you it was supposed to be the biggest weakness heading into the season points per game i mean and then takeaways, takeaways when when um, uh, Williams went down with the peck thing. I'm like, well, there goes, you know, your your biggest guy for interception. Then Geno Stone's, Joan Stone comes out of nowhere and uh, just takes over. I mean, it really is an incredible feat. And that is what you need heading into the playoffs. Like they they have to keep up that mojo. And Bobby, they should be healthy. They should be healthy. I mean, all over that defense. I mean, Hamilton, you know, you expect him to be ready. Roquan will be back. I mean, 
they they should be healthy. Harbaugh said, Geno Stone had left. Harbaugh said that anybody that left the last game was going to be healthy. So, I mean, it feels good to have a defense like that when you get into the playoffs. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing about this slide that sticks out to me is the variety and balance uh, in the sack category. Mm. So 60 sacks leads to the NFL, like we said, but the variety. It wasn't just one dude or two guys that were getting it done. That have like 16, 16 or 17 sacks, right? 16 different players <laughs> recorded at least one sack. That that to me is a testament to, yeah, balance and variety and skill players and, and whatnot. But, man, we keep touting the hire of Chuck Smith, the non-traditional sense that, that John Harbaugh went about by bringing in you know, a pass rush specialist, a guru, right? Somebody who who leads the way in his annual pass rush summit with Von Miller, somebody who's a sort of a, a an indiv- individual trainer like Keith Williams is for wide receivers, and and John Harbaugh went the non traditional route and and took a took a chance, and it sure seems to have paid off in year one because you got guys that are having career years. To your point, you've got guys that are sipping from the fountain of youth. You've got young dudes who are making a splash. So I, I think it just, it bodes well for what's to come. And then also what you said, it bodes well for how they're going to make an impact in a couple weeks from now. So another, that's like one amazing feat. That's pretty historic, right? Nothing that's never been done before. Meanwhile, the AFC North overall uh, has, has done something that hasn't happened since 1935. 1935, the AFC North becomes the first division since then to have all teams finish above 500. Bobby, 1933 is when they started divisions in the first place. So you can't go back much further. I mean, it's crazy because you hear you have the Bengals at 99 and 8 last in the division. Doesn't the Bucks, who like lead their division, don't they also have a 9 and 8 record? I mean, Something if it's not nine and eight, it's something close. Oh, that that whole division, literally, like they the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the division at nine and eight. To your point, Saints right. are nine and eight. The NFC South has yes. been the complete opposite of what's going on here in, in the AFC North. Complete, I mean, Bengals would be in the playoffs, you know, yeah. potentially in the playoffs if they were in that division. So, I mean, it's just crazy. And then on top of it, though, because the, the Ravens do have bragging rights, here you are in the best division perhaps ever since divisions began at worst tied right with the best division ever. So here they are in this division and they lead it. Yeah. And, and, and they, and you know what? The entire time Browns were putting on the pressure Steelers at the end, putting on the pressure, like the pressure was always on and the Ravens never faltered. The Ravens never faltered. And, and you know what? And I, I saw a tweet today by our guy. We'll talk about him when he comes on. Huddle it up films. Jason, he was like, he tweeted out something this morning that was like, hey, I kind of hope Lamar doesn't get MVP because he go, he's like, I want them, that him to, because it gets announced right before the Super Bowl and that'll just be more for him to be fired up about. And I just don't agree with that mentality. Like, you can have nice things. You go out and take them. You go and take them. This doesn't need to be like, oh, you can only have this nice thing because you didn't get this nice thing. Like, and it all has to balance out. No, you go out and you take all the nice things, all of them. You keep putting up these 56-point performances. Like, there's no looking back. Like, 
No, you can be the MVP and you can be the Super Bowl MVP. Why? Why negotiate the two? Same thing here. Browns have been on the Ravens' butts this entire time. Didn't matter. Ravens didn't flinch. Ravens didn't blink. Like, it doesn't matter. Go out and take what's yours. Tell you what, Cleveland, 11-6, and six, given what they had the quarterback position and all the changes. I think D'Amico Ryan's all but wrapped up the, the coach of the year, and deservingly so, with what he's done for Houston and the turnaround and whatnot. But Kevin Stefanski, man, <laughs> The way that the way that he's had to adjust in season, specifically at the quarterback position, is something else. I know their defense is stout, but what they've done is is something else. And so I, I think it just speaks to again what the Ravens were able to accomplish, given this stat right here, hmm. given the parity in this ridiculous, historic AFC North. We've we've said it for years now that we feel like this is the best division in football, and a lot of people will drag us. Well, <laughs> this is the <laughs> ultimate testament. Right here. That is an insane statistic. Well before insane. the merger in 1970. Well before. Let's get to some locker room sound. Rocco DeSangro, who covers the Ravens and works for Fox 45, had a chance to catch up with the aforementioned Jadavian Clowney, who, as you said, is enjoying sipping from the Fountain of Youth. He's enjoying that little incentive that he hit in his contract as well. 750K. Nine and a half sacks career year for Jadavian he's 30 years young which is awesome to see him um, taking this step and I know that uh, you know there's other guys on this roster that are going to be worthy and deserving of extensions particularly Justin Matabike but goodness gracious the way Jadavian's playing right now you got to think he's in the conversation too but here he is praising his GM I think he played great I sold uh some of the guys on the side I said man damn this GM here don't miss with his draft picks do it he uh, he got some dogs out here. He drafted some a good group of guys from Matty BK to him to Zay to everybody really, but good group and uh, they they out there playing at a high level, playing great for the Baltimore Ravens and uh, looking forward to seeing them guys in the future. Hey Sarah, all you gotta do butter them up a little bit. You can meet with EDC in a couple weeks, maybe during the bye or maybe in a few weeks after, you know, maybe in late February. You guys can start talking conversations. I mean, how many people? Like, it's we'll get to Michael Pierce in a second, but yeah, that that sounds like a man who would like to continue his career in Baltimore. But it also sounds like a man who's telling the truth because. You know, he's saying, he's like, I'm looking around. He's like, I'm looking at Matabike, Simpson comes out, Queen, like all these guys, Lamar, like Mark Andrews, Likely, Flowers. I mean, just it goes on and on and on. The vast majority of the stars in Baltimore were drafted by Baltimore. So when he says, you know, man, this this GM don't miss, he, I see no lies. I see no lies. It's just... Yeah, everywhere you look, and then on top of it, the few the few guys that he did bring in, uh, like Clowney or um, OBJ or Roquan, obviously, um, it's just like he didn't miss on those either. Sometimes you can go out and spend a ton of money on a free agent, and you're like, oh crap, that didn't work out. You know, Browns with with Watson over there so far, not not quite working out. So, uh, yeah, it just seems like he like where did he miss? Where did he miss this year? Because I'm not, I don't know, maybe you could argue Rocky Sian, but Rocky Sian has been here with Marlon down and and has been holding the fort down with Darby. Like, I'm just like, where did he miss? Yeah, I guess like the expectations that were there for Rock, maybe. 
but but then again, you got a guy that you drafted who's a former running back in Brandon Stevens who has essentially taken all that conversation away based on his play. <laughs> like he hasn't magnified Rock's underwhelming performance at all, if you want to call it underwhelming. So yeah, executive he's had a banner year. And from an executive standpoint, you got to think he's going to be in that conversation for GM of the year. What does this Michael Pierce sound come from? So this comes from, uh, hopefully I'm not butchering your name, Karita Parks. So she's from Double Take Sports. She's been uh, in the locker room uh, a few times this year, uh, pretty often. So this comes from her. This is Pierce reacting to the two-year deal he signed and was announced uh, just, you know, either the day or the day of the game. Yeah, I just walk out there with a different level of great gratefulness. Um, you don't take any snap for granted when you had two years with injuries. So, um, no, nah, man, this has been, like I said, a dream come true. Obviously, we still got more to play for. But um, for me, just to make it through 17 healthy, um, being able to play well, have a career in myself, is uh, it's fun, it's a blessing. And uh, like I said, I'm just focused on the next round. But, no, nah, it's, been, it's been a big, big blessing. And you know what? Like he's another guy. It just seems like, like when he first came, you know, he went to the Vikings and he came back and he basically said he wanted to finish out here. I mean, how many people want to finish out in Baltimore? It's just a, it's a credit to the culture that the entire front office from John Harbaugh to EDC, Ozzy, Bashadi, like all of them. It's just a, a culture where people want to come and play. Yeah, and just just so everybody's aware too, just in case you missed it over the weekend, uh, two years, seven point five million. It's an extension that runs through the 2025 season. He's got 37 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a pair of fumble recoveries this season. He's having a career year, most snaps logged ever. Um, guy's doing a little bit of everything. He'll drop back in coverage despite his his measurables. You know, And it's just it's cool to see because you're right. He, this is his second stint in Baltimore, and he wants to win a title. He wants to win mm. a chip. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity to at least over the next couple of years. Again, runs through the – 2025 season should we talk about trenton before we get to some of the coaching hires or i shouldn't say hires it's it's sort of um black monday here if you will across the nfl but uh, yeah yeah we can um i was gonna put that in quick hits but let me jump ahead here so i just wanted to show that trenton simpson he looked good to the eye he also gritted out well uh with pff so <laughs> And I love that picture of him in the rain, man. That that dude has guys a dog. There's that inner dog. Where's the where's the Photoshop of the X-ray where it shows the dog inside with in his rib cage there? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, eighty point four PFF grade, one sack, two receptions allowed, just one yard, and then two tackles for loss slash no gain. I, Bobby, he just seemed to like. Uh, I feel like the guys have been saying that he just asks question after question after question. And, and it, you know, he's been sitting behind two pro bowl linebackers. You can perhaps, say that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Officially two pro bowl linebackers. Perhaps there's some all pro love still coming soon there. And, you know, he's been able to just sit and be like, and just soak it all in, soak it all in. He, to me, seemed so prepared for his moment. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there were other guys we talked about, like, this is your moment. This is going to be huge for you. And it like Melvin Gordon, even Huntley, as much as you were pulling for him, it just didn't seem like, no, when he came, he was ready for his moment. And I feel like he like protected the flash, protected the edges. Like he just knew where to be. And then he went with speed. I mean, PQ said himself, 
PQ's one of the fastest inside linebackers that there there is, right? Like You want to cut to that? Because just in case people missed it over the weekend, I know it was a Saturday game. People were out of their routine. You want to cut to what PQ had to say about Trenton? Yeah, do you have that? Oh, yeah. Incredible. Oh. Uh, <clears throat> proud of him. Couldn't be happier for him. Uh, great dude. Um, he had me nervous when uh, we were going over all the calls and stuff. He's just asking hella questions, trying to figure out everything. But uh, that's why you see him playing the way he played. Um, he's just on top of all this stuff. Dynamic, might be faster than me. And uh, <laughs> just love the guy, man. Great player. I think my situation just a little bit different because I was thrown into the fire immediately. But um, with him, bro, like, I didn't even ask questions how he asked some questions right now. So, I mean, uh, you know, I just got to give him all the praise right now. Like, he's a terrific player right now. And uh, we finally got to see that. Everybody finally got to see that. So, uh, his name is definitely going to be hot for the rest of his time. So, Bobby, I want to – it reminded me because I remember when Simpson was drafted and he was – he he talked big. He talked big. And I was like, ooh, Nelly, let's hope he can back <laughs> it up. But I brought, I brought back that clip to remind everybody – what he said the night he was drafted by the Ravens. We gonna see in this this in this career, Trent Simpson. Y'all gonna y'all not gonna regret this pick. And um, I'm gonna maximize every opportunity, man. And Trent Simpson gonna go down as one of the greats for a Baltimore Ravens. Believe that. <laughs> <laughs> there was some Lamar Jackson esque kind of feel to that, right? Believe that. And you know, he's like, I'm gonna go down as one of the greats. And Listen, sort of his debut, right? The regular season debut of sorts. Like, all right, that's the way to start off. What you like? You got to back up that kind of talking. That's the way you start. That's awesome. Yeah. From glowing remarks from PQ, who on draft night, as we covered over the weekend, put out that sort of cryptic tweet, making you believe that he was frustrated with their decision, maybe coming to reality, coming to grips with that this is his future replacement which in all likelihood possibly could be the case with the amount of money that they have tied into the linebacker position already in Roquan and PQ being in the middle of a contract year and knowing that he, he the way he played this year could very well price himself out of Baltimore. Just that's how dynamic he's been for him to have come full circle and um, shown such growth and leadership in, in that mm-hmm. 40 second clip. I just, that's why I went and clipped it the, the night of. I was just really, really – I admired the way PQ handled himself, and mm-hmm. I love I love seeing the growth from him. I really do. Wish the guy nothing but the best. Hopefully they can chase a title over the next month. So in, just in case this is it for him in Baltimore, that there will be no question about what his legacy was as a Raven because um, if, if nothing else, I know early on he wasn't meeting expectations, right, of this fan base. But, man, it's come full circle. And I just – as Mike – I keep going back to what Mike McDaniel said about Lamar. Happy for the player, you know, mm-hmm. because it, it's been a heck of a process for him. Oh, I'm soaking it up. I'm going to be soaking up. Hopefully these next three games – hopefully it's three games just going to soak it up the entire time and worry about that when, when the time comes. All right. So speaking of leadership, we're going to get to the coaching changes in a bit and how that might impact Baltimore. I had a chance to catch up with Jimmy Smith, former Ravens, cornerback, Super Bowl winning Raven, somebody who retired as a Raven not too long ago. And he was at the Be More Around Town tailgate where I do our pregame live streams from outside the bank. And uh, let's just say he, he was in rare form, but he was candid. He was insightful. He was complimentary of us. I had no idea he listens to the vault. Uh, he said hello to you. 
By the way, the full interview is up on. Yeah, I know. He's, <laughs> it was awesome. Like the full interview is up on my channel. Uh, it's about 20 minutes worth. I had to edit a few things out because, you know, Jimmy, he could be fun and colorful. But but he came right off the top saying that he appreciates us. He watches us. And in particular, he wanted to say hello to you since you guys spent many years together. So I thought that was really cool. And I thought it was also cool about two things. We got two clips for you. One, the whole differences between 2019 conversation, which he can speak to since he was on that team. Ooh, I like this combo. Okay. And two, Lamar. I'm going to go in chronological order here because it works up to, he mentions in the first clip, he, he makes one comment about the difference in Lamar, which I followed up in on in the second clip. So the first is about the differences between 2019 and now. Here's Jimmy. Backers, and they have a better D-line. And there's no disrespect to the guys we had, but we had our older Josh Bynes, we had our older, we had older guys, we had an older Kiamatu, you know, Kimo, we had older guys playing those positions. And now we have juice in those positions. So the difference would be this, Lamar's mentality, how to bounce back when you're throwing interceptions and fumbling. Because I don't think our defense was truly the problem the way our offense was scoring that year. Nobody was ready for us. I think it was the fact that when toughness happened, we couldn't stop the run. Derrick Henry had a field day on us. He turned Earl Thomas into his lead blocker one play. What do you attribute that to? Not the Earl play. We all remember the Earl play. I don't like, I don't attribute to it to being rested for a week. I don't I think it was literally this. Lack of they, they were the Ravens that day. Yeah. You know what they I mean? They were like boys. they were like this team thinks yes. they're the best cream of the wheat. Like they 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 think and they were like, no, we're the Ravens today. They outbully the happened. bully. I mean, that's what happened. That's what, okay, but, so zero, zero rust. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in rust unless you have taken off a whole year. Now, maybe, uh, all right, that game a little sluggish, but I catch back up. But real rust, real rust comes when you don't study your practice, period. Right, that's, so, that's real rust. So zero question that Hards made the right decision to do it again four years later, 2017, right? 2017, one of my best years. Yeah. Didn't practice the whole year. crew behind us. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, wait, I wasn't catching what you guys... Okay, so I caught what he said his differences were, and then you said, what do you attribute that to? It's not rest, but what did he say he attributed it to? Hold on, let's go back here. That's what happened. Okay, so zero zero rust. Attribute to it to being rested for a week. I don't... I think it was literally this. They they were the Ravens that day. Yeah. They they were like... Our older job. So he's saying... He's saying... The the Titans were the Ravens that day. Gotcha. Yep. But well, I bring it up true. because the rest first rust debate has been talked right. about ad nauseum. And here you have a player who was a part of that process, a part of the approach that John took four years ago. Yeah. And he doesn't believe in it. So. Well, and obviously the Ravens don't, don't to a certain degree because he made yes. similar decisions, right? Yes. But so totally agree with him on the D-line. They just got punched in the mouth by henry federal thomas play Woo-wee, that's like how about him bringing that up <laughs> how about him bringing that up <laughs> that was funny age on defense i agree because the ravens also had oh what's his name i'm gonna forget his name he had locks uh at inside linebacker and he was also sipping from the fountain of youth that year he kind of came in and kind of saved the day but then um he wasn't well, he great. mentioned I, I Josh, but you're not talking about Josh Bynes. I am talking, talking about, about Josh Bynes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. So, who anyway, just recently like retired as a Raven. It. Who recently retired as a Raven. Congratulations yeah, to Josh. Yeah, congrats to him. Congrats to him. But I like the way he phrased it. He was like, you had old versus juice. He didn't say young. He said juice. I like that. And I also agree with, with Lamar's mentality in the sense that I think I said this. I can't remember if I said this on the show or not. But I remember Lamar had done an interview with one of those national networks. I can't remember if it was CBS or Fox or NBC. It was one of those. And that year, the Super Bowl was going to be played in, I believe, Miami. And so they were like, hey, how would it feel to play the Super Bowl in, in the area that you grew up? And Lamar's like soaking it all in, right? He's like, oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, that'd be great. What would Lamar, what would 2023 Lamar say? No, don't ask me that. Like, all I'm worrying about right now is staying locked in. I'm staying locked in to this practice today. And if we win the divisional round, there's nothing to be happy about because that's what we're supposed to do. And if we win the AFC championship, there would be nothing to be happy about because that's what we're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Like it is, it's just 100%. a, it's just like a, and, and I, and um, I cut it short because that wasn't the reason why, why I was playing it. But when Zay Flowers was on with Ryan Clark, what's his show called? Pivot. Pivot. Yeah. The pivot podcast, like Zay as a younger player, like was letting himself, they were like, like how confident are you to, to play the Super Bowl? And Zay flashes his smile. He's like, Oh, very confident, very confident. And he should be confident, but maybe five years down the line, Zay would be saying what Lamar's saying. Like, it's like, no, nothing to celebrate until we get our goal. All of this other stuff is just steps to our goal. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was a great take from Jimmy. That was a that was a great poll. 
but you're teeing it up perfectly here because the second okay. clip, as I mentioned, is about Lamar. Now you heard okay. what he said there, right? He essentially said like Lamar's mentality is different. So I wanted to follow up on that. Jimmy and Lamar spent four seasons together, 2018 through 2021, right? Jimmy was a vet. Lamar was for the most part, a younger guy, including during his rookie year, 2018. And then obviously his first full starter season in 2019, when he went on to win MVP and we all know what happened. So what I think is really unique about what Jimmy had to say before I play it mm-hmm. is that, do you remember Anthony Levine, Jimmy, Judon, they all called themselves like the council, I think yeah. is what they called themselves. Yeah. They were essentially your, your leadership packed, like your group. And everything went through them for good and for bad. There are a yeah. lot of personalities in that group. And so think, ab- think about that. Think about some of the the Calais Campbells of the world, the people who were in the locker room during these four years from 2018 to 2021, I guess, was it Arius 2018? Is it Arius Smith? Uh, he may have been there. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, but anyway, I feel like, like it, yeah. point being, there were, there were personalities throughout this entire locker room, as there is with everyone. But mm-hmm. when you're QB1 and you're bursting on the scene the way Lamar is, leadership doesn't always come naturally, I guess. There's a progression. And I thought Lamar, I thought Jimmy did a really good job of sharing why there's been somewhat of an evolution when it comes to Lamar and an uptick, as we've all noticed this year, with the mama mentality that he showcased with mm-hmm. his teammates. Here's Jimmy. Lamar, so you know this. You've always been the same generally, right? Like certain things tighten up in your life when you get older. It's maturity, correct? So with Lamar, I say this. He's always been a dog. He's always wanted to win a championship. But now he understands that I need to iron my inner shirt. I need to make sure my socks are right. I need to make sure the finer details of my outfit are perfect. Before he was like, let me just throw in some sweats. Because it's a good looking outfit and I'm good. And he's good. And he did what he did. Unbelievable stuff. What about leadership? Great leadership. Lamar, though. Great leadership. Lamar's leadership then was young. He wasn't there. Now he's vocal. Was he vocal? Because he, but he went to Calais Campbell. You have all these older guys on the team that don't necessarily, the younger guys feel like, when you're in a Ravens organization, elite team, you can feel like you can say something, but you don't, when you walk into that that room and there's so many big personalities, even though you have one, you're not gonna, you're not gonna say it because you feel this way in your mind. I gotta respect the line. I gotta respect the tradition. I can't say nothing now because it's not my place. And the game, crazy thing is this: you wouldn't have been able to say anything anyway. Uh, That's what it boils down to. Yeah, one thousand percent agree. Like, uh, and I've said this before because we talked about Lamar, but you talk about he Lamar was drafted when he was twenty-one, so that's two thousand eighteen. Two thousand nineteen, he's twenty-two. Okay, and you talk about guys like Calais, who is so vocal and so seasoned and this veteran and has won so many like wasn't he a walter payton man of the award uh, oh yeah walton payton man of the year award winner too and like you have all these things to me like think about to me lamar is a guy that gives so much respect like that's where he starts right so that's why when he's in interviews with media um whoever he's talking to he says thanks miss somebody Thank you, Mr. Whatever. And he'll do it for like even young people. Like I've seen him, you know what I mean? It's like, 
like Mr. Jameson, Miss, Miss Josina, like all that kind of stuff. He leads with respect. And so, and if he's similar to me, when I get into a room and I've said this before, another, like I clearly can talk. I like to talk, but when I'm new to a situation, I like to show respect to people who were there first. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to be the loud one. I think there's only a few people that can really just come in and do that. Roquan's one, but Roquan was already this Pro Bowl guy coming from Chicago. He's been in the league. You know what I mean? The defense had been down when he comes in. So every once in a while, you'll get a unique situation, a unique player who's already older and more mature and has been through it, who can maybe come in and be vocal earlier. But at 22, and um, who else did they have? Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram was like the voice on offense, right? Like just building up this, you know, this young man. So uh, Lamar, being a guy that's all about respect, now it's like, not that he didn't, I'm, I'm sure he talked before, but it's like, listen, you're an MVP. You got paid. Like, if like he's still going to give respect to everybody because that's what he does. But like, yeah, I can see what Jimmy's saying. With with age, you just feel like you can you can speak up more, and you're you can speak from from experience rather than just like throwing darts at a wall when you've never been in a situation like that before. Yes, the natural progression and evolution of an NFL player who's accomplished what Lamar has. I thought that was just. That's the perspective that we needed, you know, mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and sure, you know, was he, was he in a, a fun format? By the way, he wanted everybody to know that being that it was Steelers day and he was wearing yellow, there was absolutely, <laughs> there had nothing to do with anything other than he had just gotten back from a Telluride or tell, tell your ride family vacation skiing. I don't know what no that excuse. has to do with the no I, excuse, I don't, Jimmy. I don't know what that has to do. So, but but you heard what he said. He called yeah. Lamar's leadership then young. Here he is six years later, mm. as accomplished as anybody outside of that trophy, the the, the Lombardi Trophy, and you see it. You you yeah. see it in the in the Ravens wired. You see it with your own eyes in game. You yeah. see it during his press conferences, and it's been contagious and it's trickled down all over the place internally. One note on Jimmy. I'm pretty sure, listen, Jimmy was known as a guy that was a great interview yeah. by by media. I'm pretty sure he won media good guy one year. Um, it's like the local media all vote for like, who's basically the best interviews, like, you know, able to get a hold of them, like, yep. you know, was willing to talk and, you know, tries to keep it 100, all that kind of stuff. Um, I see that has not changed. Uh, just such a fun guy to talk to. Definitely yeah. would love it if he were to come back on uh, and talk with him more because he is just – he just is so thoughtful about what he's saying and is respectful but keeps it 100. Just I can see he's still the media good guy. Love it. And, hey, like Roquan last week, he didn't have to go out and say he appreciates us, he listens to us, you know, all those yeah. things. And I just I just thought that was cool. I hadn't talked to him in over a year. So we yeah. we did exchange numbers. Not sure about this upcoming Thursday for State of the Ravens, but he definitely wants to get together. And um, cool. So we 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 have that iron in the fire, and and just that's good, kind of a good reminder that everybody, just letting you know that this upcoming Thursday, January 11th, from 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have a, our first annual State of the Ravens Marathon live stream. It's going to be a joint simulcast. It'll be streaming on Twitter. It'll be streaming across both of our YouTube channels. If I ever get my Facebook back, it'll be up on there as well. Uh, but we're going to be hearing from content creators, media members, 
past and present players and hopefully get some fan call-ins as well. Uh, six to ten, gonna literally, it's it's gonna be the spot to be on Thursday. We're gonna cover insane ground. Um, so look forward to that. But shall we get to what's been a, a very? It started around midnight. It started around midnight with the NFL coaching vacancies opening up, and it has not stopped since. So let's dive into it now and what it might mean for the Ra- uh, Ravens. I almost said Raiders because the Raiders are going to be looking for a head coach as well if they don't promote the interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, which who's certainly made a case for himself. But if Jim Harbaugh, who's rumored to be interested in that job, is oh. up for it, then I think we know who they're going to take. Um, Could you imagine having Harbaugh's, <laughs> what, like 45 minutes from each other? Yeah. Washington and Baltimore. And and this one's the one that I'm like really interested in. I mean, they're in the NFC and whatnot, but um, but they are, you know, uh, rivals based off of geographical location alone. And they now Not have competition. the ownership. What's that? <laughs> Not based on competition, solely Not based, based on, on geography. <laughs> and and based off the fact they're in the NFC. So, um, but it will be very interesting with this new ownership to see, are they going to actually turn things around? Because it's been Baltimore, who's kind of like the shining light of who is like a well-run organization. And if they finally get things together, then there could be competition for like talent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Harris, who's the new owner of of the Washington commander has taken a really interesting approach to this. So, so Ron Rivera is gone as we all expect suspected general manager expected to be gone as well. And um, actually, is that already finalized? Somebody, if somebody could check that for us, is is Washington's general manager been let go? Oh. But um, Bob Myers, who used to be the architect of the Golden State Warriors, won a, a bunch of championships with with Steph Curry and and Clay Thompson and, and the whole crew. He's bringing him in as an advisor. So I found that to be interesting. Talk about non traditional. Somebody who's been in the NBA is now transitioning over to the NFL, at least from an advising standpoint. But the reason why we bring this one up first is because according to Adam Schefter, the commanders have requested permission to interview Ravens associate head coach, who also coaches the D, uh, defensive lineman room, which was obviously had a historic year, mm-hmm. Anthony Reaver. He's going to get another head coaching interview if he, I guess if, if this is granted, mm-hmm. um, but He's, he's one of many that the commanders are going to be looking at. And this is one of many that he's actually had his, his name in the hat for in recent years, Sarah. This guy's extremely, extremely well-respected around the league. I mean, I think that the Ravens have just been blessed to be able to have him for, for you know, these couple of years because he absolutely should be a head coaching candidate and is deserving of it. You know, there's a handful every year. So um, he just is such a respected guy. Um, Players love him. He's got a great, great mind, obviously, for the game of football. Um, just like a joy also, just such an optimistic go get him kind of kind of person. And so uh would hate to leave him. Like I said, the Ravens have just been lucky to have him over this time. You know, it's like like having a second head coach because he is capable of that. And uh would hate to see him go, but he would absolutely deserve a deserve a job anywhere in the NFL. Oh. No doubt. I wanted to bring up the graphic from ESPN the other night mm. because here's some of the offensive coaching staff additions that were touted on the broadcast, uh, Raven Steelers. And so I know Anthony Weaver's on the defensive side of the ball, but I just bring this up because 
Now, don't be surprised if 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 somebody gets plucked here. You know, like right. I don't know. T. Martin is really well respected. We know he's just he just coached Lamar to an MV, second MVP season. I know it was he wasn't with him as far as quarterbacks coach back in in 2019. I believe that was uh, James Urban, right? But I mean, hey, this is a list right here. Don't be surprised if some of these guys get interviews. And then obviously we haven't even got to Mike McDonald yet, whose name, right. as far as I know, is on, on day one here of the offseason for at least the, the folks that the teams that didn't make it. Haven't seen anything yet. How about you? I have not. It's more, I got it in the slide, more the scouting GM side. Okay. We'll get to in a minute. We'll keep cycling through the other changes too. Again, these all these teams are going to be looking for head coaches. The Falcons. Did you see the? Uh, did you see the post game handshake that never was between him and Dennis Allen? I sure did, and I was close to quote retweeting and criticizing um, Arthur Smith because, as I've said on this show, even if you do it against the Ravens, it's like if you don't want people to score or get extra yards or go for records or anything, like stop them. This is not pee wee football. This is professional football. That being said, is it correct that they lined up in victory formation when they did this? I believe I wasn't it. watching live, but I think I saw that. And then Jameis essentially overruled. Yes. Jameis yes. Winston. I know they were doing it for a certain player. <laughs> yes. So here's my thing, though. Here's what I didn't like about it. Which So now I'm glad I didn't quote retweet it because I, I would have said that before I saw the actual play. To me, when you line up in victory formation – like, you're basically saying, hey, white flag, you don't go hard, we don't go hard. Mm -hmm. And when you do stuff like that, when you line up for victory formation and then still run a play off of it, then in the future, you have a defensive lineman coming at your quarterback. You know what I mean? Or a defensive lineman or whoever. And so it's like, well, I don't know if you were actually going to do it because you were in victory formation last time, and so I'm coming. So it's like, to me, if you line up, it's like we're both saying to each other, we're done. Right. And so to me, it's like in a fight, if it's like, okay, you're face to face and then somebody turns their back. And then when they turn their back, that's when you attack like that to me, I, that to me would be cowardly in that situation. So to me, it's like, if you line up in victory formation, let's do it. Let's both respect that. Now, if you're not lining up and you're just ticked off because you scored a touchdown in garbage time. Now that I don't agree with, but like, now it's like, now defenders could just come through when somebody really is going victory formation. They're going to be ticked off because the quarterback gets hit or something like I, that part. I didn't like, we won't play the clip just because I don't know, for timing purposes, but he did. Jameis did meet with the media on this. He apologized to his head coach, but also mm -hmm. explained that it was a team decision. They were trying to get Jamal Williams, his first touchdown of the season. Right. And, uh, and this has generated a, a ton of buzz uh, on the internet, as you can imagine, because of that fiery exchange between, Smith and Dennis and you got to think part of it is Arthur knew his fate going into that game I would imagine yeah, based on how, sure. how how difficult of a, of a three seasons it's been in Atlanta and they've lost four of their last five to finish up this year so Atlanta's looking for their next head coach will the New England Patriots and or Tennessee Titans who knows Jordan Schultz no he's a follower of the show um, Mike Vrabel is weighing his future and he's interested in the idea of returning to New England, where he was once a hell of a player for the Patriots. But a lot of this obviously hinges, all of it hinges on whether on, on Bill Belichick's future. Now, he met with the media this morning, Bill did, um, and in typical format, did not say a whole lot. But he did mention that he was under contract. 
So mm-hmm. if that's relevant, it might be. He never ever mentions, as Mike Reese pointed out, who's been a longtime ESPN reporter for the Patriots, he never mentions anything about contracts. So whether or not that re- is relevant remains to be seen. Perhaps they just go and, and try to divvy up the, the GM duties. Sarah, it's a lot. When you're a head coach and a general manager, which is which is what Bill has been in New England these last couple of years, that's that's a lot. And at his age? Well, I, I won't go too long into it, but I'll, I'll say this, or I guess two things. You mentioned he said he has a contract because that means if he's under contract, he needs to act like he's still the head coach and start attacking the next year. You know what I mean? Like still, yeah, yeah, still going. Yeah, yeah. But does it mean anything in terms of like, oh, I'm not going to get fired? No, ob- obviously not. Second thing, I remember interviewing John Harbaugh for that podcast I did, Man of the Crowd, and we were talking about the best head coaches in history. And he was like, oh, hands down, it's obviously Bill Belichick. Well, I would just like to put in there that Bill, from what I'm reading right here, hasn't won a playoff game since Tom Brady left. He's done nothing. They've done nothing. They've done nothing. So to me. And they missed on Mac. They did not develop Mac or they just missed on him. Missed. So to me, I know he's got a lot of rings for sure. So you got to respect that. But uh, I feel like it opens the conversation up a little bit. Yeah, it does. And that'll, that conversation will go on and on and on if he leaves. Uh, and you got to think he's got to have a sour taste in his mouth if he does end up leaving or gets fired or whatever happens in the, in the next uh, few days or weeks. Yeah. Panthers, Carolina is going to be looking for a new general manager and new head coach. What a disaster. Their owner is, by all counts, not a great person. And he's fired general manager Scott Fitterer. He got rid of Frank Reich. They have Bryce Young, who's the number one overall pick, and they what? Did they get – would they have two wins this year? I mean, it's just been the disaster. So Fitterer's out bad. after three seasons. They're going to be looking for they're, – they're completely overhauling. So I bring it up because, you know, Joe Hortiz is a name who – and then Jeff said this as well. The Panthers wanted to talk to Ravens VP of Football Administration, Nick Mateo, when they last had a, a GM opening. The timing wasn't right for him. It'll be interesting to see if they that gets revisited with the Panthers again looking for general manager. And then we've mentioned that Joe Hortiz, the director of player personnel, a longtime rate, meaning a lifetime Raven. He's been he's been in Baltimore for 26 years since the inception. So uh, you just get the sense that based on what the way he's respected, his longevity, and also having interviewed for a couple of general manager vacancies in recent years, Pittsburgh and Arizona, if I'm not mistaken, were two of them that Joe's name is could be in the conversation at some point throughout the, the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, what do they call this? That this Monday morning after the, the, is it black Monday or something like that? I'm like that. Um, yeah. It's never fun. If you're like one of the teams that didn't make the playoffs and then like, you know, everybody's like looking like, am I, do I still have a job like this and that? And it's just like night and day, what these organizations are going through versus obviously what's happening in Baltimore and these, these other teams. It's just, you're just right. glad you're not a part of that. It's insane to think yeah. about the difference in content. I, I'm looking at, um, I got my second screen over to the right and I'm just looking at tweet deck for, for various things that come in. Yeah. And my buddy, Jake Asman, who I've mentioned before, who, who we're going to be in Vegas with, which is exciting. We'll tell you about our plans at a later date. But Jake covers the Jets um, on YouTube, and and right now his his title that just popped up is like something. All I saw was here it is reacting to the alarming comments made by Jets coach Robert Sala during exit interviews. Oh. I mean, you talk about the difference. Right? Oh. Like, 
And Jake's as good as it gets, so you kind of feel for, for our over fellow here content about creators. Rust versus rest. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that's the big debate. <laughs> like, or yeah. which one of these four would you rather go against? Yeah, it's for night sure. and day. For sure. Here's an update on the Steelers, like we mentioned earlier on, who who are in the playoffs, but they might be without TJ Watt during Super Wild Card Weekend. He's dealing with a grade two MCL sprain. That's according to Ian Rappaport, and the absolute best-case scenario for this injury is to play in two weeks with a brace. So I guess the divisional round is in play, uh, depending on the timing, but in order to get him back on the field, as Ian says here, he's going to need, you know, likely needs to win a few. So maybe he, maybe that doesn't include the divisional round. Maybe that would be pushing it because what Win a few certainly means more than one. Yeah, more than yeah. one. So something to be on the lookout for. Should 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 the Steelers find a way to advance? How about that? We'll see if they end up doing it. Right. What else do we have here? Sorry, we we had Trenton Simpson from earlier on. We did, uh, I just didn't know if I accidentally skipped one. Oh, here we go. Just yeah, the so. uh, the Ravens opponents for 2024 has been officially set. Uh, of course, you have both home and a road games against the division rivals, Steelers, Bengals, Browns. Okay. But then who else do the Ravens get at home? Remember, because the Ravens finished number one, uh, they'll they'll be going against a few other number one teams from their division. So you got Broncos coming to MT and, and the Raiders and the Eagles, the Commanders, and then the Bills because they won that that game against the Dolphins. And so the Ravens, doesn't it always feel like they're traveling to Arrowhead? I feel like there's been one time that Mahomes has has been to MT. Now maybe that'll maybe that'll change in January. But I, I feel like there's been like one time Mahomes has come here and it's always been Lamar going out there. But it'll be again the road to Arrowhead. Uh also gotta go all the way out west to the Chargers, the Cowboys, New York Giants, Texans, and Buccaneers. How could we forget when when Mahomes came to Baltimore? It's when Lamar flipped into the end zone and they got rid of their kryptonite. Remember? That was awesome. I do remember that. And it was also uh, Mahomes saying that I think he named two two stadiums where he like couldn't hear. Mm-hmm. And Emity Bank Stadium was one of them. And I think he he did that like years prior. Like I think it was within the last I think it might have been this year on the Manning cast, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, yeah, he gave big love to to the bank and if I am a Ravens fan who likes to travel, I'm kind of excited about a few of the markets that are on the road schedule, assuming that there isn't going to be an international game back-to-back years, which who knows? Maybe there is. I selfishly hope there is. Um, but but L.A., Dallas, and Tampa, three markets that's, that stand out to me as kind of cool cool road sites for a weekend trip. Yeah, yeah, all, all great. Um so another PFF grade for uh, Ben Cleveland. So this was the second game that he started with Kevin Zeitler out, and it was another strong performance. He had a 91.1 PFF grade. You hit the 90s. It's pretty good. Good for him. So uh, that was a tough couple a, years. Yeah, that was a career high for him. And uh, just another like early look, because I don't believe – I believe Zeitler is a, is a free agent this offseason – um, and similar to the situation with, um, Trent Simpson, it was like, we kind of got an early look of what, who could fill in if, if, uh, PQ doesn't return and I'm looking at it. And indeed this is the last year of Kevin Zeitler's contract. Now I would be all for resigning Kevin Zeitler, um, could probably do it at a pretty reasonable price given where he is at in his career. And he's played very well the, all three years that he's been in Baltimore. I don't feel like 
there's really been any sort of dip. So who knows what will happen there, but he is a, an unrestricted free agent and there is Cleveland there playing pretty good. Happy for Ben, man. Happy for Ben because it's ever since he sort of uh, couldn't pass that conditioning test a couple summers ago, it's been an uphill battle for him. It seems like based on depth chart and, and playing time. So good stuff. And he it definitely filled a void for him. And then how about this year 27 for Lamar Jackson turned 27 over the weekend. Happy I tell you what, Lamar. that picture, I tweeted that to him. So when was the January 7th? I feel like I got my days all mixed. That was Sunday, right? So I tweeted that yeah. out. Um, I feel like everybody had already seen that that picture of him when he was, for the audio only listeners, we've got a picture of him. How old do you think he is here? Maybe six or seven? He's got to be in elementary seven. school, yeah. Yeah, definitely elementary school. And like the comments on it <laughs> when I tweeted that were – hilarious some people being like oh you know he was not he was bad like he like to me he just looks confident just like he does now it's just like grounded even as like a five or six year old and uh then I wanted to play the 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 Ravens just to kind of you know kind of finish up the show and I feel like a good note to end on the Ravens uh media team put out a video kind kind of for you know to say happy birthday to him and I thought it was fantastic big storyline though that we need to keep our eyes on most specifically, Lamar Jackson yep. is playing incredible football right now. That guy does stuff that almost nobody I've ever seen play can do. The visual phenomenon of watching Lamar Jackson is just unlike watching anyone else in football. Lamar is off the charts good. The best I've ever seen Lamar play. Lamar Jackson right now, he just looks like he's on another level. Absolutely an MVP candidate. A top candidate for the MVP. Easy MVP. I do not care who is across the line of scrimmage from me. He's the best football player on the field. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's action Jackson. Perfectly placed football. Time to throw. Let's it rip. He's got it. And then he gets free. Splits everybody. Here he goes. Slice it. Remarkable. Taking a deep shot for Brown. birthday to Lamar Jackson just a, a phenomenal year worthy of all the accolades uh and and hopefully this 27th year you know starts out exactly how he wants it as we get ready for this playoff push what's the word live chat what's the word what's the one word that represents what he's meant to Baltimore over the last six years that video production team for the Ravens boy they, they just do fantastic work that gets you and I get a little chill up your spine right there Oh, it just does. And we all know how likable he is. Just such a great guy. You just want it. You just want it so badly for him throughout for like you, you want it for the Ravens. You want it as a fan. You want that Super Bowl ring, but you also want it for Lamar because you know how much he wants it. But the, the, the adjectives are starting to come in. We've got Lamar is him. We've got <laughs> sensational or sensational. Uh, Lamarable, Foundation, Heart, Magic, Action Jackson. Keep them coming. You know what I liked? And and Ariel Epstein was the one who, who tweeted this, who's a huge Ravens fan and a prominent media member within the uh, betting space. 
she she tweeted at me hope she said hope and i just thought that was cool mm. and and i'll actually read the whole thing because it made a lot of sense let's see i retweeted it oh i'm sorry hero hero she said yeah, hero. ravens ravens always felt like the villain the public loved the steelers hated the ravens feels the tables have turned with lamar i thought that was cool here we go we got how do i do this you usually do this so we got success <laughs> human highlight reel uh let me see here extraordinary exceptional <laughs> you got that right soon to be two-time mvp hey listen that's not oh. one word though come on now that's oh, not yeah, one yeah. word <laughs> <laughs> here we go to hero for sure there we go i don't know yep Yep, all these fit. All these fit quarterbacky the with this uh, laughy emoji. <laughs> that yep. one's never gonna end. So Tanya saying happy birthday. There we yep. go. Matter of fact, you know, it's almost like the whole not bad for a running back thing needed rejuvenation, and that right. woman gave gave what we needed, quarterbacky. Yeah, like that is gonna be the the symbol of this year, and that'll be that'll probably carry and have as much weight not wait in the grand scheme of things in terms of respect and whatnot, but it'll have a similar impact. I think galvanizing folks that love Lamar Jackson, like the not bad for a running back. Comment it is. It's, it's not bad for a running back. It's Bill Pullian saying he should play wide receiver. And now it's quarterback. He just like, yes. just ridiculous things that were said that we'll, we'll remember forever. That endear you as a fan that endear you more to Lamar. Right. That, that, that it just ga it galvanizes a group of Lamar people. And yes, he has been a winner. No doubt. Nobody's won more throughout this point in his young career as much as Lamar and Tom Brady. Insane. 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 Live chat is still going nuts. So just to <laughs> remind everybody, again, mark your calendars accordingly. We're really excited. We're putting a lot of time and effort into Thursday night. We will have Roquan Smith, by the way. Roquan will be joining us for our 10th and final episode of Inside the Vault, powered by our friends at CyberTech, coming up tomorrow afternoon. So get your questions in, DM us, hit us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. Really looking forward to kind of closing things out with him and having one last conversation before, obviously, the postseason begins. I know he's fired up for that. Um, that'll be episode 10. And then Thursday night, 6 to 10 p.m. Eastern, State of the Ravens, our first annual wall-to-wall marathon live stream joint simulcast we're going to have media members players fans content creators alike all dropping by for a four-hour marathon so should be a lot of fun and what better timing than during the bye week right it's gonna be a blast it's gonna be fun football to watch this weekend just get a look at all the ravens potential opponents uh yeah it's gonna be fun by the way, you can't leave me alone on a non-football Sunday in Baltimore. I decided to make a rash decision. I'm moving. Yes, you did. <laughs> I'm moving during the bye week. I'm a little stressed <laughs> over here. I think I think you think I'm nuts, but you know, I know I you're I have your full you're support. Doing exactly what Bobby Trossett would do. You just like you see something, you decide you want it. It's like let's attack it, we'll get it done. Like it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Like let's let's just go. I appreciate your support. It's going to be a multitasking week. We did our pre-show meeting for this live stream as I was up on a ladder. You're up on your ladder, and I'm like, <laughs> hey, what are we looking at here for content? And you're like, 
getting your TV down and breaking your breaking your drywall, like all this stuff. I'm just like, here we go. Oh yeah, it's gonna be that kind of week, but but super excited about it. And um, thank you guys for dropping by. A uh, kind of a cool little experiment that we wanted to do here. I, I'll do this a lot on my own. We don't typically do it all together on, on a noon live stream. So maybe this is something for the future. Who knows? We're going to keep looking at things and, and try to get as much live content in there as possible over the next several weeks as they make their run. And appreciate you guys for dropping by. So as always, if you'd like to join the Vault Patreon community, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. Uh, that link is included in the show notes below. Sarah can be found on Twitter at SG Ellison. You can find me at Bobby Baltimore. Anything else before we jump? I don't think so. All right, guys, have an awesome day. We will have a morning vault coming up for you on Tuesday, and then also it'll be a joint day with Roquan. Roquan rejoins the show for one final episode this year. Who knows? Maybe it won't be the last one. Well, well, it's all that we we he has fulfilled the, the agreement that we had with this one. We'll say we'll put it that way. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And yes, as Daniel says, Daniel Rodriguez checking in the live chat with reminders to please like this video and subscribe to both the Vault and the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channels if you don't already. You guys are the best. Have an awesome week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.